Good morning. How are we? We are a generous church. Do you agree? I mean, I would rather be in a generous church than a stingy church. Anybody else? And that takes people to say, I'm going to be generous. I believe it's a kingdom uh, value. It's a kingdom culture to be generous. So um, I'm speaking to you this morning. I'm sitting down. Is that okay? I I told a few people, I'm going to sit on a chair. They went, you won't be able to sit on a chair. You won't sit still. I'm like, I'll prove to you that I can sit still. Okay? I might be twitching a few in a few places, but I'm going to sit all the way through to prove that I can, Ben. Is that all right? Okay. Now, um, who's, ever, who's ever come first in a race? Put your hands up. One or two. Who's ever, who's ever won a Christmas game? Yeah. Who likes winning? And all you good people, who are really good, godly people, go, no, I'll come second. I'll let somebody else come first. Everybody likes winning. I can remember doing a race in primary school and losing, and you feel absolutely rubbish, right? And, and you've got those people that always win the race, and I always felt like I was second. And um, then I remember getting to high school, and something in me thought, you know what, I'm going to give more than what I'm giving. Anybody ever felt like that? I'm not really giving my fullness and, you know, in running races. So I decided to stretch my lungs a little bit, and I realized I could do more than I was doing. I pushed myself a little bit. There was more capacity in me. And all of a sudden, I came second, and I thought, you know what, I'm getting close to first. I'm going to push myself a little bit more. And eventually, I beat the guys who'd always come first. And they looked at me and they were like, how has he done that? He shouldn't have won. And it made me realize in life, look, we can always do more than we can think. Amen? We look at ourselves, we look at ourselves and our weakness, our faults, and we think, you know, I can do okay, but I can't really, I'm not really a winner. But I believe in God, we're a winner. I believe when we see ourselves in Christ, that actually, we are first. And actually, God loves us with all of his love, and he wants us to understand that we are winners before we even start the race. Anybody want that? So, anybody ever done something, but kind of not really done it with the, probably all their heart or all their energy? You've kind of done it, you've winged it. Anybody winged it? Come on, it's all coming out this morning. Most of us wing it most weeks in something, don't we? We're all winging it, yeah? But, um, but have you ever done something where you've put all your heart into it? I remember being in primary school again. I don't know what it was about primary school. But um, I remember being given a task to learn. Like we were drawing. And I enjoyed drawing. And they gave us a task to draw some flowers. And I spent hours. I enjoyed drawing. And I spent hours and hours drawing these flowers. And my mum helped me. And I remember they were, they were called ragworts. Right? And I was drawing them. And I put all my energy and all my effort. And the teacher looked at them. And she picked them. And she said, I'm going to put these forward for a competition. And she put them forward and they got accepted. And some of you won't understand this, right? If you're from Stoke-on-Trent, you may. The National Garden Festival. In the 1986, I think it was. I might be wrong. But no, maybe before that. 84, 82? 80, early 80s. It was a national thing that was happening around here, around the country. I think they only ever did two, I think. Liverpool then here. And my picture went forward to the National Garden and, and, and it went and it was on display. And I felt amazing. But what I realized then was this. I put a lot into that. I put a lot of time, a lot of energy into drawing. And I realized if I gave my best, then sometimes there's a reward in giving your best. Would you agree with that? So I want us to talk to you this morning. It's not about money. As Jesse J says, it's not about the money. Okay? So, it's, this is not about money. When I'm talking this morning, I'm not talking money. Money is just an outworking of what's going on in our hearts and in our souls and in our minds. Does this make sense? So, when I'm talking about money, this morning, I'm talking about this. I'm not actually talking about money. But money really is a, is a, is a line in the sand. 
It's a fact. Because you can say, I'm giving all my life to Jesus, but I'm not giving him my money. Does that make sense? So I'm not talking money, I'm talking about heart. And I believe God wants us to put him first, and he wants us to give our best. And, and it's not because he needs it, because he doesn't need it. But he knows it's best for us. He knows if we give him, or make him number one, and we make him the, 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 the love of our lives, we, he knows the benefit that we get. So it's not about him, but he knows what's best for us. Okay? And um, in scripture, there's loads of examples where God asks people to give their first. Right in the beginning, you get Cain and Abel. One of them gives them their first or their best. One of them doesn't give their first and best. The one who doesn't give their first and best, you end up with a problem and he ends up murdering the other one. Okay? God knows it's good for us to give our first and best. There's benefits. I'm going to look at that in a minute. And you can look at Abraham. Abraham's testing. God says, I want you to give your child. I want you to give your best to me. And he goes and he tests him and he gives it over and God says at the last minute, no, 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 I don't want you to do that. You have proven that I am number one in your life. And then from that, we see the blessing of God poured through Abraham because he's willing to put him first and give his best to God. Okay? And there's loads of examples you can see. Moses, Moses goes into the Old Testament. He goes in the Old Testament. He goes into Egypt. He puts God number one. God calls him into rescuing the people of God out of Egypt. And we see this amazing, amazing uh, blessing of God coming through and rescue through Moses as he puts him first. Is this making sense? It's all the way through scripture where God encourages to put him first and to give him our best. And I want to look at a scripture this morning. It's from Exodus It's actually a precursor to what I preached on last week. So if you were here last week, I spoke from Exodus 17, where the people of Israel are coming into the, they're going towards the promises of God, the promised land, but the enemy comes and tries to rob them and stop them going into what God has promised. God, Moses goes up the bank, he holds the staff up, and as he holds the staff up, they get the victory, they see the blessing of God. But as the staff comes down, they begin to lose. Before that, God tells them to do something. Okay, who wants the victory of God? Yeah, God tells them to do something because he knows it's important. So Exodus, uh, Exodus, I think it's 13. Let me just get the exact. Right, Exodus 13, 11 to 16. It says, after the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, as he promised an oath to you and your ancestors, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Sounds a bit harsh, doesn't it? Don't fancy seeing people in here this morning breaking donkeys' necks. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. In the days to come, your sons will ask you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. And he goes on. So here, God is saying to the people of God, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, first of all, bring your first. Bring your first. And I look at this and I read it and I think, it's almost like God's saying, I, I need to bring it to him. I bring it to him. And does he want it? Or who is this about? Why is God, it begins, in my mind, it begins to give me questions, more questions than answers. But this is what I believe, if we trust God with our first, I believe God has a promise and a blessing for us. 
There are benefits when we put God first. So it's not like God saying, give me your money or your time or your energy because I need it. God's saying, I want to bless you and show you my blessing through you. There are benefits with it. Amen? So here's, here's, one, here's one benefit for you if you put God first in your life. You'll know God's blessing. Anybody want to know God's blessing? Anybody want it? Do we all want it? Are we going to put God first? Yeah, I want to. Do anybody want to be blessed by God? That doesn't mean that your circumstances might be, turn out the way you think they should. He's not saying that. It doesn't mean you're going to get financially, you know, you, you may do, and we'll look at that in a minute. He doesn't mean that. But he has a blessing from heaven for you as a child of God if you put him first. The second thing is this, you'll know God as your provider. Does anybody want to know God as a provider? Supernatural provision. And, you know, in ways that you think, was that a coincidence? Or actually, why did that happen to me the following day after I'd chosen to put God first? I didn't see that coming, but maybe the provision came through that person. Do you hear what I'm saying? So you'll know God as a provider. You'll know him as the blessing, you'll know him as the provider. And you'll know him as your protector. Does anybody want God this morning as your protector? I want God as my protector. Anybody want Iron Man? Spider-Man? I like Spider-Man. Anybody want Almighty God? The name above all names. We're singing this morning about the cross and the blood of Jesus. I mean, there's power in the blood of Jesus. You know, there's no weapon, it says in Scripture 4, that can actually prosper against you. But actually, you can prosper when weapons come against you. Does anybody want to know God as your protector? Anybody want the blessing of God today? Anybody want the provision of God? Anybody want the protection of See the blessings of God are putting him first. And we think if we put him first, he's having something off me. No. He wants to give you more than you can give him. You can't outgive him. The question is, will you trust him? Will you believe him first? Do you believe what he says? You see, the people of God got this before they went into the promised land. God knew when they went into the promised land, there'd be a danger. They'd get lost. Because they get lost in the riches of the world. The abundance, it's flowing. This land is a land of milk and honey and I am satisfied and I am rich and I am blessed. And all of a sudden you forget where it came from. Dangerous. And the last one is this, no God is your source. He's the river, he's the source, he's the one of life. Jesus is the life, right? I'm I'm struggling to sit on my seat, right? My leg's going. See? No, I'm not getting up. I'm okay. I'm, I'm high and lifted on this seat. I'm okay. <laughs> ah, my legs are going. I'm pumping. I'm excited. Who wants to know God is the source? Yeah. Or who wants the world to be their source? Well, you went quiet. But many of us do. Many of us look to the world for our source. We look to money. We look to jobs. We look to people. We look to all these things. that are, They're not evil things. They're not bad things. But if we're not careful, we can build our lives on them. And they cannot provide for us. They cannot protect us. They cannot, they cannot give life to us in our spirit and in our heart. Only he can give life. Amen? So those are the benefits. Who would not give God their first knowing the promises of God? And there are so many more than that, by the way. That's just a snippet of what God promises you. Okay? So my first point is this. This is the challenge, and I've already said it really. Give God your first. He says in Exodus, your firstborn, bring it to me and give it to me. 
You know, when, the, when an animal is born or the crop of the land came, that's, they, they say that for, a, little, a little bit further on about the first fruits. When the first of the land came, when the first crop came, or when the, the first lamb was born, the first, the, whatever came out of the womb, the first, I want you to give it to me. Okay? Are you hearing this? Now, not when you've got 25, bring me one. That's different. Right? That's like a tithe. I will give a portion of what I've earned. That is different. We're talking about faith this morning. Are you hearing me? It's, it's giving when you haven't even seen what you've got. Yeah? Last week I said, what do you see? Do you see with faith? Well, God, I want to see first what you're doing before I give into it. I actually did this the wrong way round. Last week I should have preached this. Asked you for the offering and said, right, this is where it's going. Does that make sense? But I've done it this way around and maybe I should learn to do it the other way around. Because it's not about what we're giving the money into, it's who we're giving the money to. It's by faith that you're giving. So the firstborn lamb's coming. Wow, look at this lamb. Look at the bat. Look at my lamb, baby. Uh, But what happens if the next lamb's not as good as the first lamb? Do I really want to give my second lamb... I want to hold on to my first lamb and I'll wait to see what the second lamb's like and that's not as good. I'll give that to God. He can have seconds. Sorry, am I touching a nerve? Are you still with me? Do you still want to know God as your provider? Do you still want to know God as your protector? Do you still want to know God's provision supernaturally? Do you want to know him as the source of life? Or do you want the spirit of this world to dominate you? God wants to break that over your life. It doesn't help you. You see... He says, Exodus 13, verse 2, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Ismael, both man and beast, it is mine. You ever wondered in Egypt when Moses goes in and God takes uh, Pharaoh's firstborn, the firstborn in Egypt? Have you ever wondered why he does it? There are other reasons, but ultimately there is anyway. They're God's and he can take them back because they are his children. The children of Israel were his children. They were like his child. He loved them. You see, the temptation is when we go into the riches and we get rich in many different ways. We get a good job. We get money. You know, we get a family. We get a house. We get all these things and we feel safe. We feel secure and we think we've made it. The danger of that is this. We say, actually, I'm the blesser now. Or I'm the source of my own riches. I'm the provider for my family. I'm the security for my family. And you know what? You may be blessed. You may be a security. You may be a provider. You may be a source of life to your family. But you're not the source. See the danger? As soon as you put it in that stuff, you will lose something of God. You will lose the life source. You will lose the abundance of God's spirit in your life that brings peace, joy, and satisfaction in him and him alone. He is the one who we learn to be content in and no one else. Not the stuff that we are living in in this world. Do you hear my heart on this? So all that stuff is not wrong. It's not evil. It's not... Oh, I can't have money, it's evil. Oh, I can't, have a, I can't have these things in case they're not good for me. God wants you to enjoy them, but don't love them more than you love God. Because you'll get lost in them. You'll lose God, you'll lose sight of what you're here to do. 
You'll, 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 you'll have much, yet have little. Like Paul said, I have little, but I have much. It's not based on my circumstances. Paul says, I've learned to be content in and through all things. In, and we get lost in the things because we think. Are you still with me this morning? You see, we end up saying, I am the blesser. I am the provider. I am the protector. I am the source. I'm my own man. I'm my own strength. And I can do these things. And yes, you can. But be careful that you don't lose God in all of that stuff. And what God has called you to do, to love him and love people. You know, Jesus addresses this issue. Matthew 6, verse 24. He says, no, are you still with me this morning? No one can serve two masters. You imagine having a job, right? Full time, and then you've got another job full time. And you're working for two bosses full time. It would be impossible for you to do, would you agree? It, it would. You can't do it. So when Jesus is talking masters, he's talking about someone who is a slave to masters, right? He's saying it is impossible for you to have two masters. You cannot fulfill. You either love one, hate one, and love the other. Otherwise, you'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. This is an easy message this morning, isn't it? What is mammon? Mammon is Money, he says, in, in one translation it says money. In one translation it says riches. When you study it, it actually relates back to when the people of God got lost and taken over by the Babylonian Empire. And the Babylonian Empire, they were based on not needing God, but they were their own blessing and own provision. They didn't need him. So when Jesus is talking here, he's talking about people that get misled by the riches of this world. And what he's saying is this, he says it's like a voice or a person. You know, the other day, I was, um, I took my car in recently for some work and, you know, the car's running fine and, it, and, you know, it's been a very good car to us and I'm thankful that I've got a car. And then I heard somebody say the other day, you know, and I said to Sarah, maybe at some point in the next few years we need to think about getting a new car. And I saw somebody who had a new car and I, and I, and I thought about it, I thought, do you know what? I want one of those cars. And, it, and I, start, I began to think about it. And I started to think, well, that car's £300 a month. There's no way I can have that car with my riches. And then as I went away, I started to feel a bit disappointed. Feel a bit inadequate. That I'm not going to have what other people have. Does anybody else feel that? I'm just being honest with you. And then I stepped back and I thought, in a minute, I'm happy with my car. Where did that come from? What voice am I listening to? Where am I leading to? I'm beginning to envy what somebody else has got. And actually, I'm starting to be unhappy with somebody else. And actually, that's not what God wants me to be. God wants me to be thankful for what I do have and enjoy the blessing what I have. Are you hearing me? But it was very easy for me. I'm like on a swiveling seat here. It's very easy for me to listen to a voice that says, see, you deserve that. You should have that. Why haven't you got that? And I realized, no, that's not the voice I'm going to allow into my mind. I don't want to be envious or jealous. I don't want that root in my heart. I'm going to learn to be thankful for what I've got. I'm just being honest with you. So what Jesus is saying is this. There's a voice in this world that wants to tempt you. There's a voice in this world that's going to tell you that actually if you have all this stuff and all this riches, then you'll be a happier person. And do you think that's true? No. You're going to be a happy person if you find Jesus Christ. 
and the riches that he has for you. Amen? But there is a spirit in this world that needs to be broken over your life. Because if you are led by it, okay, he promises some things but doesn't deliver. He promises to be your protector, but you'll actually find that he doesn't protect you. He'll promise you to be your blessing, you'll find out the blessing doesn't really bless you. That's the temptation that we follow, a wrong voice of this world. It's called the spirit of this world. Or if you want the root of it, his name is Satan. He's a tempter. Jesus was tempted by him as well and didn't submit to him. He was offered the riches of this world. He was offered everything if we bow down to him. And Jesus says, no, you worship the Lord my God only. Amen? I'm only going to worship God in my circumstances. So this morning, your circumstances might not be very good. Or you might not be as blessed as the person as the other person. What do you do? I'm going to thank God anyway and worship him because he's the lover of my soul. And out of that life comes because I'm loved in spite of my circumstances. What spirit are you going to listen to? What spirit are you going to worship? Am I going to worship the living God? Am I going to worship the spirit of this world that says, I'll give you something, but I'll tell you what. I'll trick you into it, but I won't deliver. Are you still with me? Are you still my friend? Okay, just about. You know, so give God your first. Why do we give God our first? Because the blessings of God outweigh what this world can offer us. I'm not saying that you can't be rich in this world. I'm not saying that you can't have a bountiful and be a blessing because you can use that for the goodness of God and the kingdom of God and God wants you to flourish and be abundant. But be careful that you don't put yourself first and not God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you. Don't seek the other stuff. Seek God first in his kingdom and everything else is added. If you seek the other stuff, you'll lose God and the purpose of why you're here in the kingdom of God. So, my second point is this. Give God your best. Amen? Give God your best. Give him your first. You say, well, how do I give my first? Well, it's pretty simple. Believe him. Trust him. If you've never opened your heart to him, you can open your heart to him. He's knocking on the door daily and saying, can I come in? He's a gentleman. He won't force his way. But he's asking, can I come into your heart? The other area of your life you can come into is your thoughts and therefore your emotions. You know, God wants to come into our emotions. You know, it's no good saying God loves me, but I never sense his love for me. Anybody want to sense God's love on a daily basis? Amen? Well, let him into your emotions. Let him into your thoughts, which trigger your emotions. And that takes some seeking. In the Old Testament, God says to people, consecrate yourselves to God. What does that mean? It means turn to God. Now, can we consecrate ourselves to God? I'm going to ask someone. Can we consecrate ourselves to God? No. It's an impossible thing for me to consecrate myself to God. But if I turn to God, he consecrates me. In other words, consecrate means to be made whole and made right before God. I cannot consecrate myself to God, be made right. Only he does that as I turn to him. So I turn to him in faith and say, God, today I consecrate myself to you. I am allowing you into my life. Then he shows us. He shows us his provision. He shows us wisdom. He shows the blessing, his presence in our lives as we turn to him. That takes devotion. It takes commitment. It says, I want to put you first, okay? Putting him best. 
Who wants to give God the best? You know, I want to give God my best. Some days I do, some days I don't. I want to give my family, my kids my best. Some days I do, some days I don't. But I think, you know, the issue isn't whether I get it right every day or I'm perfect. The issue is my willingness to learn. My willingness to say, I'll go again. My willingness to have some humility that says, I got it wrong. I believe God wants us to have an excellent spirit, an attitude. You know, he wants us to have an attitude that says, yeah, I'll go again. Yes, what can I do for you? So when I'm talking about your best, I'm not talking about perfection because we'll never get there. We only get there when we get to him and in him alone. But what we can do is have a good attitude and a willingness to give our hearts and our willingness to God. Amen? Amen. Okay, so give God your best. And now I ask this question, why, do, why should we give God our first and our best? Why, why, why bother? Why don't I just rack up and God's saved me and God's loved me? Why bother? And some days, I've got to admit, I can feel like that. Some days I think, I've got to go again. got to go church again. Gotta go work again. Gotta go, gotta, 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 gotta. Gotta go again. You know, in Exodus it says this. Exodus 13, 14, it says this. And now I want to get up. Ready? In days to come, when your sons or daughters ask you, what does this mean? Say to him or her, With a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. Out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both his people and the animals of Egypt. This is why I sacrifice to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb and redeem each of my firstborn children. Dad, why do you go to church every week? Dad, why do we give a tithe? Dad, why do we give an offering? Dad, why do we give more time? Dad, why do you lift your hands up? Dad, why are you dancing? Dad, why is the joy in your life? Dad, why are you praising again when the circumstances don't say it? Dad, why are you giving your best? God, come on, why are you giving your first? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus Christ saved me from my sin and he took me out the miry clay and he lifted me up and he put me on a solid foundation. Grace, he deserves it all. Olivia, he deserves it all. And I hope one day they'll come to me and say, Dad, why? Why did you do it? Why did you sacrifice your life? Why did you be a living sacrifice that gave you life daily? I'll tell you why. Because a sacrifice was given for me that was far out great outweighs my first sacrifice, what I'll give you on earth. I'll tell you why I'll be here every week. I'll tell you why I'll give my life. I'll tell you why I got grace in Olivia. Because Jesus Christ loves me with everything. And he's poured out his, God poured out his firstborn. God poured out his sacrifice. The Lamb of God that was perfect and excellent was given to me. Now I've received him in my heart. And I know I'm right with God. So why would I not give me first and me best? Why would I not? You know, this is what I'm saying. If the spirit of this world have you, you won't think like this. But if the spirit of God is poured out into your heart and the riches of the kingdom of God is in here, well, I just know I'm an abundant person now. So why would I not give? Why would I not give when I'm so rich? Why would I not give when we've been blessed? Are you hearing my heart? Are you hearing me? Why would we not give a first? 
Why would we not give our best? When Jesus gave his first and his best to the point of death. The question is, what has your heart and what have your mind? Does the spirit of this world have you? You know, the spirit of this world, this is what I believe it leads to. It leads to worry. It leads to fear. It leads to anxiety. It leads to more stress. I'm worried I'm not going to have enough. I'm worried I'm not good enough. I'm worried, I'm worried, and I'm worrying to the point where I'm so messed up and screwed up. Well, let Jesus into your heart. Come on. Stop messing around. Let Jesus into your emotions. Let Jesus into your inadequacy and let him show you that in me, you're perfected. When I look at you, I'm not seeing your inadequacy. I'm saying, come on, get up. Come on, you can do it. He sees you through the sacrifice of his son. How do you see yourself this morning? Are you seeing the inadequacy that the world has put upon you? Or are you seeing yourselves through the eyes of God that says, this is my child? You know, Jesus was the firstborn of many, it says. Of many. How do we become a firstborn? We become a firstborn by believing God, trusting him, and then we repent and begin to follow him. We become born again by believing him. If you believe in Jesus this morning, you are a firstborn. The firstborn is the one who is is heir to the promises. All of the father's blessing went on the firstborn child. Anybody firstborn this morning? Any children of God in here this morning? You've got riches in heaven, amen? The difference of the riches of this world is this. They are temporary. Enjoy them. Be blessed by them. Enjoy your family. Enjoy everything you've been blessed with in this world. But be careful that you don't fixate your worship on them. God's blessings are not temporary. They're eternal. I'm going to be blessed for how long? Forever. I'm going to be protected for how long? Forever. I'm going to have provision for how long? Forever. You're going to be my source for how long? Forever. You see the difference? It comes out of our focus, our attention, what our hearts love, what we worship. Do we worship the riches of this world? Do we worship this world? Do we bow down to it? Or do we worship the living God? I'm going to worship the living God. And people will look at you and say, how are you coping with that? Because I worship a different source. Yeah, but if anybody's doing the reading plan right now, I would encourage you, if you're not, to do the reading plan. Okay? Commit some time. Devote. Consecrate some time to learn something of God and learn something about who you are. Right? The reading plan is talking about Job, 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 Job. Anybody want to read about Job's difficulties? Right? Give me something new, God. I want to get out of Job. Let's get on to something else, like the resurrection of Jesus. No, let's go through suffering. Maybe we can learn What does that teach us? God's blessing is not bound by the temporary of this world. It's not. God's not limited by it. God's not a limited resource. He's unlimited. He's the God of more than enough. So who has enough this morning? Come on. Say I'm loaded, I'm rich, I have enough. Are you getting it? I'm rich. Anybody rich this morning? So if we're rich, we're going to be generous. Woo! But if you have, you have a different mindset that says, I'm on poor, I'm, I'm, I'm rejected, I'm no good. God's saying, come to me. Come to the cross. 
I'm, I'm, I'm full of riches. I'm full of goodness. I'm full of mercy. I'm full of kindness. I'm full of peace. I'm full of joy. This is the God that we worship. Amen. In spite of our circumstances, in spite of the riches that we have. And may God bless you this year. May you be born abundant this year. But can I encourage you, invest that riches. Invest that abundance in the kingdom of God. Don't just look at yourself. Invest it in what God wants you. How do we do that? How do we invest that money? It's simple. Put God first. Tithe. Any tithers in here? Wow. What do you mean tithe? Tithe. 10% of your income put into the storehouse, the local church. Oh, now we're hitting something. Oh, yeah, but I need a holiday and I need a... Oh, you need a holiday. Well, I've got a holiday for you. It's called eternity with God in his presence. Well, I'll give you a holiday. Holiday. I'll give you a song as well if you want one. Holiday. Boom, 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 boom. I'm living in holiday. Holiday. See? They don't let me sing. Can you see why? Do you see what I'm saying? What's more important? And I'm not saying you don't have a holiday and, don't, and, and, and hear my heart, right? But what I'm saying is this. Put God first. Because the blessings far outweigh what this world offers. It's not money. It's about freedom. Are you free to give? Or does the world have a grip on you? Because what comes with that grip is false promise. What comes with that grip is a manifestation of fear, worry, anxiety, inadequacy. I want to encourage you this morning, hear my heart. I'm not talking to you about money. I'm talking to you about freedom in Christ Jesus. That's why he says that message about man. You cannot worship too. It's impossible for you to worship mammon, riches. It's impossible for you to worship this world and worship God at the same time. Jesus isn't saying you can do one and the other. He's saying it is impossible. What are you worshipping? Come on. Anybody want some freedom this morning? So set up your tithe. Say, I'm going to put God first. 10% of my income each month I'm going to give to God. He's number one in my life. Today we're not doing tithe. Today we're giving a faith offering for this year. What are you believing for this year? What are we believing for this church? Are you believing for greater freedom in Christ? You want to break mammon over your life? You want to break this, the, the, the poison of this world? Be generous. Be generous. You want to break that voice that keeps telling you and promises but doesn't give? Be generous. Be an investor in the kingdom of God. I'll tell you now, it will begin to change things in your life when you begin to put God first. Now, sometimes we can do this. We can say, I'll give you my heart, God. But actually, we don't give him our heart. Can I be honest? I gave my heart to Jesus when I was about nine years old. I said, I'll give you my heart. And then I went away and I didn't actually do anything else with it. But I knew in that moment, I'd asked him, then I denied him. Is Jesus the center of your heart? He may be, you may be here and he may be the thing that you love and worship. Or maybe you're going through circumstances. And I want to encourage you if you are. If you're going through circumstances that are just not good, that are horrendous and you're suffering, I want to encourage you to do this. Keep worshipping God. Keep praising Him.
in spite of your circumstances, keep your eyes on Jesus. Lift Him up in your pain. Lift Him up in your suffering. Worship Him with all your heart. Give your pain to Jesus. Give your emotion to Jesus. Tell Him, be sincere, be real. And I believe God will take you from that place. He will help you. He will grow you. He will do amazing things in your life if you keep committed to Jesus. Keep turning up for church. Keep committing to groups or whatever you're doing. Don't abandon the right things to do, but do what's right in the eyes of God. So have you, hope, have you opened up your heart? Have you let God in? How do you do that? Simple. Believe that Jesus died for you. And then trust and say, God, I give you permission to come into my heart. I give you permission to come into my life. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my emotions. I believe in you. I trust you. That is the first and the best decision you can ever do. It took me another nearly 20 years to surrender my heart and my life to Jesus. I lived in the world. I tried the world. I tried relationships. I tried alcohol. I tried drugs. I tried it all. It didn't work. Eventually, I surrendered to Jesus and said, Jesus, you can have it all now. It is yours. And it's a journey. It's a journey to give your life over to Jesus. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a journey to give your thoughts and your emotions. But I want to encourage you this year, give God your first, give God your best, and believe for the blessing of God, the provision of God, the protection of God, you will have testimonies, I believe, of God's provision and protection in your life. Amen?